Good morning and happy Thanksgiving. I'm really glad that you guys are here. I hope you're looking forward to a fantastic week. I hope that you have already gotten your elastic waistbands ready um, and you are exercised and prepared for all of the great things that you're going to eat on Thursday of this week. And not just that, but the family and friends that you'll see and that you'll gather with. I want to clue you into a little something new that's in my life. I went to a chiropractor for the very first time ever two weeks ago, and I liked it so much I went back. Now, some people in the room could very well be giving me a whole bunch of side eye right now thinking, well, that's really weird. I promise I'm not going to try to sell you essential oils. Um, But it was good. I enjoyed it. Some of you are like, I've been going my whole life, and I could have made the recommendation. You should have gone to my guy. That's okay. I found a good one right here in Nashville. Now, here's the deal. I went in with the expectation that it was going to be at least, like, minimally this level weird. Like, I just thought, this is going to be strange. This is going to be odd. I'm not going to know what to do. It's going to make me a little bit uncomfortable. And it exceeded and trumped. Like, it was definitely this level weird. It's one of the strangest things I've ever done. And yet, I walked away feeling better. And I thought to myself, okay, this is probably temporary. Like, I probably feel better today. But then, like, the next day, it's literally just going to go back to the way that it was before. And I'll stop feeling. No, it was literally just as good the next day and the next, and the next, and so I drank a little bit of the chiropractor Kool-Aid, and I've gone back every other, like, opportunity. I'm thinking to myself, like, it didn't matter what sort of preconceived notions I had before going. I just, I felt better. We just completed a series that was on these five eyes, the idea that you and I would identify people in our lives that don't know Jesus or are far from faith, that we would somehow invest in those relationships and be able to build a context for where we can certainly intercede and pray for them in an ongoing fashion, that the Holy Spirit of God would open up their heart and mind and soften them to actually hear the gospel so that you would have enough courage to inform them the truth of what we believe and then invite them, not just to church, although we hope you will. In fact, we've equipped you with cards to be able to do that this Christmas season. Like, hey, come to Sounds of Christmas with us. Hey, come to Christmas Eve services with us. Hey, join us on a Sunday. Like, we want you to invite them to church. But more than that, we want you to invite them to know Christ. And here's what I understand about that. There are people out there outside this room that have some preconceived notions about how weird it's going to be when they get here. And in some ways, Y'all, we trump the weirdness. Like, we, we bring it up. Like, they come in expecting church to be this level weird, and we have to just readily admit and understand that when somebody might engage us for the first time, we're this level weird, y'all. It's strange. It's different. But somehow or another, in, in surrendering in faith, they might just feel better. And they might just recognize all along that there was something missing that they might need in life. That's what our hope is. That they would somehow one day come to an understanding. Like, I don't care how weird it is. I don't care how odd it sounds. I don't care how strange it is. I actually feel better. And something's different. And it's good. Because when it feels better, you don't care how weird it is. And so that's even the text that we go to today as we engage this idea of Thanksgiving. Ann Voskamp, a speaker, y'all, she's an interesting speaker. Um, No, like just the sound of her voice, it's a little bit weird. Like just how, like she communicates and the rhythm and the breath and the tone, like there's something kind of cool about it. She writes and says this, we were made to live in a posture of grateful 
worship. And when we live in praise, we live our purpose and all the pieces fall in place, us falling down in thanks. Us falling down in thanks, all the pieces of our lives fall in place. We just feel better. Something is just all of a sudden right, and it feels good, and we need to know that. We're going to read from Psalm chapter 100 this morning. It's the verses that flashed on the screen just a moment ago in that video. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You know, we could cut church a whole lot shorter on a Sunday morning if we just get straight to the meat of the message and talk about what the Bible says and forget all that singing that we do right before this. But the idea of singing in Scripture happens nearly as many times as fear not does in Scripture. Like, it's a command. We need it. We need to gather in this place and sing shouts of joy and bring joyful praise to God, singing songs about who He is and what He's done and what it means. Like, the only command, get that, the only command that's repeated more in Scripture than for us to sing and shout, bring our worship, is the one, don't be afraid. And so I have to sit back and wonder if there's not some connection between the praise that we bring and the fears that we leave behind. So when we do that, it's in your notes this morning. If you're a person that likes to follow along, jot down things, we're going to speed kind of through these because we're going to get back to the idea of singing. We're going to get back to the idea of thanksgiving as we present some stories this morning of what we're grateful for. When we worship, we boldly acclaim. We literally boldly acclaim just how good God is. We shout for joy all the earth to the Lord, so that there's a reason that we do it. And we just acclaim, we just tell him that he's great and that we love him. We also, I love putting these in A's this morning. I don't always do that as a pastor, but sometimes it just kind of works out. We confidently affirm. When we worship the Lord with gladness, we're telling him that we like what he does. We're telling him that we're okay with his plans. We're telling him that, that what he's doing and what it means is fine by us. We're affirming and telling him, we agree with you, God. What you're doing is right and good and sometimes hard for me, but that's okay. I trust you. We also joyfully approach. When we come into this place with joy, it says to come before him with joyful songs. We're recognizing that because of Christ, there's no separation between us and Almighty God, that he literally invites us to be with him and to come into a relationship and to fellowship with him and to know him. And then we rightfully acknowledge he's God, parentheses, you're not. Like he's in charge. You can take off your shoes and prop your feet up. You don't have to be. Like all the control that we feel like we have to have in the world at all times. We don't literally have to do that. He made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We don't have to be the shepherd and find fresh water. He's literally taking care of the details. And we're going to acknowledge before him, you're in charge, God, and I'm not. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I'm just fine affirming your plans, God, and submitting to whatever they are, and that we totally appreciate 
We just take moment after moment after moment to come before him with thanksgiving. It's literally the word toda, and it means confession, praise, thanksgiving. The Hebrew words are like they have a smaller vocabulary than we do in our English language. And so each word has to do double duty. This idea of thanksgiving literally means confession, and it literally means praise. So in that moment when it says enter his gates with thanksgiving, it's enter his courts with praise. Part of that is us just confessing, I'm not in charge, you are. I'm not good, you are. I want to tell you that you're great. It comes from the word yada, and it means to cast, to throw, to literally shoot it out there. And so when we come in here, that's what we're putting out into the universe. That's what we're putting out into the atmosphere. That's what we're putting out into the world, our confession. We're not that great. We're putting out our worship. He alone is. We're putting out our gratitude saying, I am so thankful for all of the blessings that have come. And it's always, always, always about him. You know the expression, we're getting ready to do this at Christmas. It's the thought that counts. People say that, right, about gifts. It's the thought that counts. When's the last time you opened a present and it was a really cool new pair of high tops and you looked at the high tops and you said, thank you, high tops? Like, you don't thank the gift. You thank the giver. You thank the person that bought you those high tops. You don't thank the high tops. Thank you, parents, for sending me this Amazon gift card. You don't thank the Amazon gift card. You thank the parents who mailed it to you. Like, what are the things that you're thankful for? Yeah, list those out, but know that the object of our gratitude is always about the person that we have to be grateful for. Thanksgiving isn't built on the what. We're going to do that this morning, but it's ultimately all about the who. It's what he's done, and it's, it's what it means to be, to be grateful what we have to recognize today and all week long, I pray that this thought literally lives in you this week when you're stuffing a turkey or baking a pie or driving lots of miles, whatever it is you're doing, that, that worship and thanksgiving, one, they're never apart from each other, but they're also never far from prayer. Literally, as provided for you, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. We'll come back to that clause, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 4, 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Like, literally, the idea of prayer is never disconnected from the idea of thanksgiving. It says in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request. Like, I'm all about when I'm anxious, when I'm frustrated, when I'm tired, when I'm nervous, when I'm sick, um, but just go ahead and pray and petition God for what I need. Sometimes I forget the with thanksgiving part. Like prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then it says in 1 Timothy 2, 1, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. I'm really thankful for where we are and what God's doing in the life of our church. We, in this calendar year of 2022, have already celebrated 10 baptisms three of our elementary school kids, three of our middle school and high school students, two of the college kids that come to Rolling Kills, and two other adults have been baptized in faith this year as a next step of the way that they're following Jesus. We have added 26 new covenant partners 
into the life of Rolling Hills at the Nashville campus. We launched a fantastic midweek Bible study for women that gathered in this room every single week growing. And not only that, but we launched simultaneously midweek discipleship programming for elementary school kids, and it was fantastic. We had the most fun. And midweek discipleship programs for our, our students. One of the things we added this week for the first this year, for the first time in the life of our campus, we have a student ministry director. Tristan's here. It's a fantastic job. And our middle school and high school ministry has grown exponentially, not just in the number of kids who attend and participate, but in the depth and the resources of what they're growing in faith. God is doing something here. And we're celebrating what it is because he is so good. Ian Bounds says that prayer, praise, and thanksgiving all go in company. That praise and thanksgiving are so near alike that it's not that easy to distinguish between the two of them. That our praise, the things that we tell God that he is so good for, and the things that we bring to him that we are thankful for, ought to look a lot alike. So much so that it's hard to tell them apart. This morning when you came in, you should have received a worship guide that you're tracking along and you're following notes with. You should have also received a small card where you're going to list this morning as a a part of our worship exercise together. And we're going to prompt you later on in the service with something to do with that card. But I invite you, as my friend Glenn comes, to tell a little bit about what he's thankful for this year, for you to begin jotting down things. What are the things that you are so thankful that God is doing that you recognize and that you see the beauty of the ways that he's working this year? Glenn, what's up? How's it going? Good. As a part of our stories of Thanksgiving, we often um, introduce somebody to the congregation, somebody that's present, somebody that's kind of a familiar face, but that has kind of a story of Thanksgiving. But for folks who don't know you, just give a little background, who you are and what you do and how you got to Rolling Hills. Cool. Um, my name's Glenn. Uh, I've been here at the Nashville campus for uh, since end of 2020. Um, I always feel like anybody, sorry, this is not intro, but I always feel like anybody who's going to sit right here has got some amazing, crazy story to tell you that's going to be like life-changing. Um, and I'm like, what am I doing up here? Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, my story is just to answered prayer, just continued answered prayer. And I don't even feel like I pray enough, you know, I'm like, but when I do sometimes, he just answers some serious prayer. Um, and prayer is what got us to know to rolling hills. Um, my wife and I had been just floating around for a while and uh, a member at a church and then not and then we're going to church and then it's like oh, man just listen to it online and then it's like what are we doing we've got to be involved in the church we've got to get going we where are we going to go and um, that was the year that that movie War Room came out y'all remember that and they did a little prayer closet thing and I, <laughs> I kid you not we watched that movie, and if it, it, some people think it's kind of cheesy, but my wife cleaned out a closet. I went to a chiropractor, so it's okay. Like okay, it's, yeah. We can just embrace anything cro- weird today. <laughs> we, we made a war room. We started praying. My wife started praying, and out of nowhere, she goes, hey, I think we need to go to Rolling Hills. I'm like, Rolling Hills? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to play them softball. We, we killed them. But um, at the <laughs> they need me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So there was one, there was a campus down the street from our house on uh, Edmondson, and that's now the Nolansville campus. So we had been going to Nolansville for quite a few years, but felt a pull to come here for quite a while. And after the pandemic and the 2020 and all that, we just, you know, made the switch. 
That's awesome. Sorry, too much babbling. No, it's fantastic. And you're wearing the 413 Strong, which is a really great segue. I am. It's one of the local ministries that we support. Joel mentioned the giving wall earlier this morning, and this is the season where we, we take gifts. There's little tags in the back of the room, and basically what you do is you take a gift tag, you look on the back of it, you buy whatever's on the gift tag, and then for the next two weeks, you bring those things back. There'll be a big box in the room, and you deposit them. Well, one of them is for 413 Strong. So how did you get connected there? So I'm the development director of 413 Strong. I uh, have been since April, and... It's another weird story of answered prayer that I didn't connect all the dots to until just a few weeks ago. Um, I had been working in property management, real estate, doing music on the side, doing all sorts of just a stupid amount of things. And I was hating my work. And I was just, I was miserable. And in this battle, and Joel said, hey, um, I, I want you to lead a, a song on, you know, two weeks from now on Sunday, this is the song that I need you to lead. And I get the, he's like checking on the key and all that, and I go, oh my goodness, this song is like seriously speaking to me. It's that, um, when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high, you know, the battle belongs to you. And I'm like, I've got this battle at work, and I haven't prayed about it. I'm just miserable, my wife was getting miserable because I just keep like, you know, telling her about all the problems. And so finally, I grabbed my wife. I said, we've got to pray about this. And we, we, we got down and we prayed. And I think that was the catalyst for what led me to 413 Strong because that song, I normally, you see me in the drums, you don't see me. So I'm normally in the back. But for some reason, I was leading the song that weekend. A couple weeks later, I'm in a Kroger in the meat department uh, and I, I see a guy with a 413 Strong shirt on and I go, oh, it's 413 Strong. And, and he looks at me and goes, hey, Rolling Hills. And I think the only reason he recognized me is because I was leading a couple weeks earlier. That's Steve Norris. If you don't know Steve Norris and, and Missy, they go to church here. He's the executive director of 413 Strong. You need to know them. Fantastic people. I talked to him for 20 minutes in a Kroger, and the next thing I know, I'm working at 413 Strong. Wow. I mean, it was, I've, I, I didn't, I mean, we talked for a while. I came to campus. It, it, was, it was just, I thought a God moment, but it started with that prayer of me sitting down going, God, I got to figure out what's going on with my work because I'm miserable and this isn't right. And I don't know if he wasn't stirring something up in there going, uh, you need to get out of there. It's not what I put you here for. And behind the scenes, it was other prayers because Steve and the leadership team at 413 Strong had been praying for the funding of specific positions that they wanted to add in the coming years. And so years in the making is the idea that this position was approved and ready for just the right person. Um, and I probably think that he didn't imagine finding him in the meat department at the Kroger. Yeah, I, I didn't imagine finding a job there. <laughs> What's the, um, <laughs> what is the thing that you guys are the most thankful for this year? Oh man, those answered prayers. Yeah. Um, and then the moment that I realized the, the journey, I was able to release that resentment from my old job. Wow. It's incredible. All right. Well, then what's the next prayer request? What can we pray with you now? For? So 413 strong. Yeah. Let's, let's, I, I, my prayer for them, I don't know if you guys, you know, if you, if you know, 
the guys from this organization, they're 18 to 30, usually it's about having a second chance at life. And uh, we, we help them get jobs, it's a residential program. They come to church here every Sunday. And my prayer for them, and I hope that you would pray this with me, is that they feel a connection here when they come. Mm -hmm. The most important thing we do with these guys is open up the word with them and we share the gospel. Um, a lot of them have no faith background. Some of them have a little bit. Some of them have a really messed up, you know, experience with that. Um, but what an opportunity. They come in here every Sunday, not every Sunday, but um, during our classes that we have, they're, they're here. Um, and for this church to wrap their arms around these guys would be just amazing. But also that, that we get those right guys to come in, you know, the right ones. We're, uh, we're starting a new class in January, and uh, we're praying for the men that God will send to us uh, that are ready for some change in their life. That's incredible. Dude, thank you. Appreciate Thanks, that. Man. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. You guys, Appreciate give Glenn a hand. I love it. There are probably some deep prayer requests that you've been praying in this room, um, ways that you've already seen God answer and provide, um, and ways that you're still waiting, things that you're still asking and begging and hoping and praying that he would do. Write those things down. You've got a prayer request card that we'll collect later on in the service when we pass an offering basket. You've got a thankfulness card that we'll collect even before that. What are the ways that you're thankful? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for the chance to be in this place, um, to celebrate the goodness of what you're doing, and to tell you that we trust you, to shout out songs of praise, and to tell you that we need you, that you're good, and that we can't live without you. Thank you for the ways that you're working in Glenn's life. Thank you for the ways that you're working through the ministry of 413 Strong. Thank you for the ways, God, that we see and sense you working in all of our lives. We give you thanks.
did you sing louder that time? Was your, was your shout a little bit bigger than before? Recognizing that the things that we bring to God that we are so grateful for and so in need of are not opposites. When Susan and I were first married, she started her career journey as a part of the health department in both North and South Carolina, um, working in lots of under-resourced areas and providing for people in need. She began volunteering at a local crisis pregnancy center to help respond um, to people who were in, just as the title suggests, a crisis. And I began, um, as she started working for them, uh, as one of the volunteer pastors who would come in on Friday mornings to pray, and they had a year where they determined that every single prayer request, every person that we prayed for, every need that we begged God for, had to be worded in a giant, probably like 18-inch bound ring notebook, just massive. It had to be worded as a praise, something that we were grateful for. And I remember thinking, like, how can you pray for somebody in the middle of literally the worst crisis of their life, something that they don't know how to figure out, something that they're not prepared to take one step in? Like, literally, how can, how can you turn that, like, the vast needs as a part of this ministry, not just to mention the rest of our community that was represented, how can you take those things and turn them into actual things that we're grateful for? It's when you start to realize the things that you're praying about and the things that you're thankful for, they look a whole lot more alike than you think they do. They look a whole lot more alike than we think. The lack of gratitude in our lives, the lack of being people who can, who can literally take everything that we're grateful for and everything that we're struggling with and bring it before God in a, in a posture and a position of gratitude may be one of the greatest, if not the greatest danger in the Christian life. Paul writes in his letter to the believers in Rome for although he's literally describing people who have moved away from faith in God, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Greatest danger in our life as believers, the thing that's going to move us away from the heart of God, the thing that's going to sway us out there in the current of the world is literally not being able to bring thanksgiving to God. Our thinking will become futile and our foolish hearts will be darkened. Being ungrateful is equated in Scripture with being lost. And so we're supposed to be a people who are grateful the presence of gratitude in our lives can be one of the greatest distinguishers of the Christian life. How so? Because we're to be people who give thanks in all circumstances, even the worst circumstances, even the most difficult. Being grateful in all circumstances is literally one of the weirdest things about us. People ought to encounter us and think we're this level weird. And then they find out that we, like Paul, are grateful for insults and persecution and hardships and difficulties. They find out that, that we, like Paul, are grateful in all circumstances, that we delight in those things. That makes us even stranger. Ligonier Ministries writes that in a world that's consumed by indifference and lack of appreciation, Christians can engage in a moment-by-moment moment protest of thankfulness. That's weirder than the chiropractor. 
that in a world that is full of such a lack of appreciation and a lack of understanding of the ways that God works in mysterious ways, in the ways that we can be grateful in spite of whatever the worst circumstance that we're facing is, that literally is a protest of praise, a protest of thankfulness. It says persistent gratitude will set us apart from the world, making us salty to a self-indulgent culture. The close of that psalm, Psalm 100, verse 5, says that the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Some of your Bible translations read loving kindness endures forever. Some of them literally read that his mercy endures forever because it's the same word. It's the Hebrew word chesed. And when you say it, you've got to like got to get a little, you got to clear your throat. It's not, it's not COVID or the flu or strep. It's literally you just having to clear your throat. Chesed. You got to like, got a little guttural when you say it. It literally means loving kindness. It's also the word that's translated as mercies in the book of Lamentations that says his mercies are made new every morning. It's his faithfulness that endures and continues through all generations. And so if we can be thankful for nothing else, we can be thankful for a God who lasts, for a God who endures, for a God who puts us on his page, for a God who makes us as odd as we are and allows us the strength and the stamina and the courage and the perspective to go outside of these walls and be a people who aren't swayed by every shift in culture, who aren't stressed out by every political regime or argument, who aren't misunderstanding the difficult circumstances that are present in the world, but can take every single one of those and turn them as a praise to Almighty God because He's good and He endures. Said, I said it once, I'll say it again. His loving kindness, His mercy, His goodness, His faithfulness is always present and with us. So regardless of how strange things are around us, we can be even stranger because we're grateful for those things. They remind us of our Father. They remind us of what we need in Him. When we're grateful, we praise. When we're thankful, we tell God. We're going to kind of close our morning with an opportunity to continue that. You've been given a lot of time already, and you'll be given more time we're going to watch a video that we're sharing today at all of our services about somebody from our team who's incredibly grateful this year for incredibly good reasons. And while you're watching that, while you're continuing to comb through the things that you yourself are grateful for, jot them down. Be reminded of all the things that you have to be thankful for this year. And I pray to God that you write something hard on that card, that you're thankful for the difficulty, that you're thankful for the pain, that you're thankful for the struggle because those things sometimes more than anything else remind us he's loving, he's merciful, and he lasts forever, longer than our problems ever could. Check it out. Hi, I'm Jim Rabelhofer. And I'm Gretchen Rabelhofer. We've been married for 38 years and we have been at Rolling Hills for eight. Last January, we had an incident in our lives that just really shook our world. I play ice hockey, and during the game, I don't really remember any of this because of how it occurred, but my heart stopped and I collapsed. Little did I know that our goalie, I played defense, and our goalie is an EMT, 
and he jumped right into action. He recognized what had, that I had collapsed. Um, the other team had a firefighter and a personal trainer who also came to help. They were able to get the AED from the rink and shocked my heart and got it started again and did CPR. I got a call from the rink and said that he was down and that they were performing CPR on him and that they were going to take him to Vanderbilt. And I got in my car and when I found him there, he was unconscious already. I wasn't sure what had happened. I was uh, just very confused where I was, why I was there, what had happened, because it was just so different for me. And, um, and Gretchen helped so much with, with making me feel back at home and understanding, explaining to me where I was and what was going on. I was just amazed how many people had emailed me and um, got on the phone from all over the country, people letting me know that they were praying for me. And I was just overwhelmed by that. And, and through it all, it had given me such peace, knowing that we were in the presence of God and that he was taking care of us and we were gonna be um, okay through it all. I look back at it and there's so much in that whole period that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful just that I could play hockey at my age. I was thankful that when I collapsed, that I had equipment on and had no additional physical injuries. And thankful that for skilled people, our, our goalie came over and he's working on me. And thankful for Gretchen and my family who just ran and ran to support me and surround me. I am so grateful for our church family because they surrounded us and just gave me a great sense of who God was. And I really saw that through our church family. And now we're, uh, we're thankful for the next chapter in our life. I'll be retiring at the end of the year. And Gretchen and I are moving to California to be closer to our grandson. We go without any real expectations of what it's gonna be like, but just know that God has a plan for us out there. And I think he brought me through this for a reason and that he does have a plan for me in California. And, and whatever may happen, just to know that, that God is there with us holding us and loving us so deeply is something that I'll always be thankful in my life. Here in Nashville, we keep taking all the really great people from California, so we thought it was only due time that we send somebody awesome back there. Um, and I remember one of the prayers that Gretchen prayed, it was a prayer of thanksgiving. She was super thankful that he played hockey. Super thankful that he was gone to practices and games because um, she knew that the story would have been really different had that happened at night at home in their bed. It would have been the number of minutes that it took 911 to respond. Um, and it was very clear from the whole circumstance that um, the outcome would have been very different had he not been on the ice rink that night. What in the world? The way that God works and the ways that we can in all of our prayers find ways to be grateful whatever it is in your life, because I know some of the deep prayer requests in this room. I know some of the hurt, and I know some of the longing. Um, write the things down. Put that you're grateful for it, because it helps you know that God is good in it. Um, you've got some time as we continue to play and sing to jot things down, and then I want to invite um, men and women from our staff and our, our A6, Acts chapter 6, and Colossians chapter 3. There are prayer and our ministry teams at church um, to come forward because we're going to participate in communion together. 
we're going to do this differently than we've done in all of pandemic life. Um, because we're going to gather together, um, and you're going to receive. Um, you're going to come to a place that's sort of like a table with somebody that's literally ready to give something to you. Um, and you're going to bring something too. So the card that you've written, um, the thing that you've jotted down that you're thankful for, you'll deposit it in the basket that's empty, empty as of now. Um, and then you'll take the elements and go back to your seat. And in a few moments, as a congregation, we'll, we'll instruct you what to peel and how to do when to, to tell God that we are grateful. Many of you might have grown up in a tradition where you called this moment communion. Some of you grew up in a tradition where you called this Eucharist. I mean, you think, what a weird word. Nobody ever explained to you what that means. It's literally the Greek word for thankfulness. And so we come to this table today that's been set for us, and we bring nothing. Like, you don't have to pay for this. It's free. You bring your gratitude in response to how good God is. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the chance to be in this place. We thank you for the love that we've received from Jesus, and we tell you today that we are thankful. Family, whenever you're ready, you come. You bring your gratitude, and you receive the goodness that only God can give.